party people um today's episode is a little bit on the heavier side and that is because of what is happening in the world right now on friday june 24th 2022 the supreme court overturned roe versus wade in the united states leaving it up to the states to decide what to do on abortion rights. And aside from that being an extremely heavy and terrible, extremely problematic, um, unjust action, it's going to disproportionately affect marginalized communities across the United States, specifically communities of color specifically LGBTQIA plus communities, specifically indigenous communities, and we have to do something about it. That said, there also comes the trouble and the problems with influencers, celebrities, just your average Joe Schmo posting on social media about these issues. Sometimes when these news cycles happen, people just repost infographics, right? And that can be disheartening. That's how false news is spread. That is how improper information gets to certain people and makes them do certain things. And I don't know whose job it is to really regulate that because if Instagram took it to themselves or TikTok took it to themselves to really uh, moderate this content and get it on or off the platform if it was dangerous or fake, it could be seen as censorship here. And it has been when that happens. So with all of that to say, um, everyone on my team is a woman and at my company we're committed to supporting and helping and lifting up all communities especially those affected by this supreme court ruling and we've been donating to planned parenthood we've been donating to abortion funds and we're going to continue to do work like this um, until the damn things overturned again or reinstated I wasn't a law major, so I don't know the proper words, to be honest with you. Um, So yeah, first things first, we have to talk about influencers and their posting cadence in these interesting times that we have, Um, these unprecedented, horrible, horrible times um, that we're living in. So let's see, how should we go about this? Again, first things first. Since we live in a country where there's free speech, which I'm very, very grateful for, that means that we can basically post anything we want and do anything we want according to the rules on the platform. So when vicious news cycles come up, talking about anything in the news, honestly, it could be, um, you know, in the past month, we've had these rights taken away from us. We've had um, the horrible shooting in Uvalde. We've had 
a lot of other things that honestly I, I don't watch the news so I get informed through Apple News on my phone daily and that's how I'm just reading it but it, like in New York there's all these crimes and I think the biggest question people ask me is how do you decide when to get back into posting and the truth is there's no right answer to this right there's not a guidebook if there was a guidebook it would be too easy I think that it's been very interesting to watch influencers, content creators, even celebrities, uh, not like A-lister, I mean even A-listers too, really talk about these issues as if they are personally affected, right? And for the most part, they, the tragedy that's happening doesn't touch them until it did on Friday. And Friday's laws are just, it's, it's honestly very unspeakable. It's extremely heart-wrenching. And I also think that to think that some people on my team even live in states where if they needed that kind of health care, they would not get it is extremely terrifying. It's frustrating. It's it's honestly just extremely like one of the most egregious things I think that's ever happened in my lifetime. The fact that my mom and my grandma had more rights than me um, to my, my own body, which is really, really terrifying. But influencers and celebrities don't always do that extra work to understand what's actually going on, myself included at times. I think sometimes we constantly are worried. We have this paranoia as influencers of being canceled, of losing our following, of losing the community that we've built, which is the livelihood of our income, of our social life, of our sometimes even political life, right? Of our dating life. It comes from the connections that we've built on these platforms. So what happens when somebody disagrees with you on a topic or when do you decide when to talk about something, even if it's big, having pressure from other people online being like, you know, I see all these women out there with huge platforms, not saying a damn thing, posting about cheesecake and steak. And I understand that perspective 100%. In fact, I mostly agree with that perspective. However, I also understand and want to entertain the perspective of people who are struggling even with this behind the scenes and perhaps again they're maybe fear fearful of cancel culture, perhaps they are fearful that they'll lose their following, that they'll lose a brand deal if they speak about rights in a certain way. And perhaps they just simply don't talk about political content. And here is, again, the logical um, explanation in my eyes of somebody who says they don't talk about politics on their platform. And then I will tell you the problem with it in my eyes. And again, there's no right answer. This is just exclusively what I think it's opinion based. I do certainly think that these kinds of people typically do not post about 
politics. They do not talk about them. It's not something that's really important to the audience. Therefore, if they were to talk about it, it could either A, make people angry, B, uplift people who actually might be in their community dealing with these issues, or C, look extremely performative and inauthentic. When it comes down to option number C in performative activism, we have to be really careful because, again, as influencers and celebrities, we can do so much. We can, you know, share our perspectives with our community. We can post a graphic. We can even post something in feed. But that doesn't necessarily mean that behind the scenes we're committed to it. A lot of times these people will repost a graphic and move on and then the day later is posting about a t-shirt again. It's like, whoa, 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 do you actually care about this? Um, a lot of times also in those instances, these kinds of creators will be doing the action behind the scenes but not posting about it at all. So there becomes this kind of like checks and balances of how much to share, how much not to share, and the pros and cons that come with it. So. Again, there's no right answer. I just think that that's kind of how those creators think. And at the end of the day, they can do whatever they want with their platform. And while I hope they would advocate as much as they can, that's not the reality. A lot of times people don't choose to advocate. A lot of times people want to stay in the safe zone. And sometimes things get uncomfortable and you have to move into helping others when you have the privilege of that, right? If I have the ability to talk about how this is disproportionately going to affect the disability community on my platform, that is probably made up of 25 to 50% of disabled and chronically ill people, I would be doing them a disservice by not sharing as much information as I could. With that, again, comes sharing things on your Instagram story, reposting a TikTok, and how far does it go? How far does the action of reposting that go, right? What if the information shared there is wrong? What if it's harmful? What if eventually, and I'm hearing rumors that things like this could happen, and it does feel a little bit like the twilight zone, but where our actions are tracked. Every single time we post something, it's tracked. There's an IP number, there's a code, there's a link, right? You don't think that's stored in data somewhere on some blockchain? People already say, oh, that's Web 2 of the past. I already think it exists right now in terms of tracking technologies. And I think in the future, if this gets worse and scarier than it already is, there's a potential possibility for everything we do to be tracked and related to abortions and helping people who need abortions. And that is very scary to me, which I know is also another reason why people are sometimes hesitant. And I don't know if this is already happening or not. This is purely just like speculative um, in terms of like a what if kind of situation. So that is scary. There's a lot of scary things going on. So another big barrier to entry and I say this in air quotes because I think it's the barrier to entry is really just a bullshit excuse for I'm lazy, don't care about it enough, and I'm not willing to put in the work or research. And that's why it's left um, typically 
to people that are involved in politics as their job, people that are extremely well-versed on policy, people that are involved in law. And we rely on them to do the hard work, one, because they're the most well-versed in it, but two, I think it's something that we say just to keep ourselves again in the safe zone. There's nothing wrong with going and reading things on Google Scholar. If you have access to internet, you have access to Google Scholar. So if you want to read up on abortion, if you want to read up on how it's disproportionately affecting people of color, marginalized communities everywhere, disabled communities, go to Google Scholar and look it up. If you're in college, go on to JSTOR or go onto your library's database and search that stuff. Read academic papers. Read medical papers. Like, watch presentations and videos that are supposed to be used in academic settings, right? And then when you make a post and somebody tries to come at you, you have your sources. And I truly think that that is the key to also doing this well and making sure that everything you are doing is not performative and also asking yourself, like, how is this genuinely going to affect you your friends, your family, your partner, your classmates. I mean, this is, it's a really scary time. Like I said, there's people on my team who live in states that the, the abortion ban's already in place. And that's really scary. And I have to figure out, okay, well, as a boss, as a leader, how can I support them? And how can I also support them through social media and technology since we are not all located in New York. And that's been really a great journey as a leader to go on because I know that I've pulled people into my company who really care about this. And I think it's just really, really imperative for all leaders, for all classmates, for all camp counselors, actually camp counselor, I don't know. I don't know why I said camp counselors. It's summer. Um, I guess to be there for one another. Who knows what happens at camp. Um, and to really just be open to hearing a perspective and also open to helping and changing and donating and being there for people as much as you can. Um, so like I said, there is this other element to being an influencer. I know I'm kind of going back and forth from topics. It's just because it's like so intense and in my mind, but I really do think that the cadence of posting is something that's very, very specific. It's very nuanced and it's very um, politicized in a lot of ways. It's like when one of these big events happens, when do you share your condolences? When do you post online? Do you do it as it's happening? Are you outraged? Do you want to let your like emotion and rage set in before you think logically about what to post? Do you want to potentially, like I've seen people calling each other out that are influencers on complete opposite sides of uh, you know, politics on left and right and saying, you're wrong, you're stupid, this is messed up. And like, I get that, but I don't think cancel culture is the goal. I think obviously making sure everyone has access to safe healthcare is the goal in this instance, but in other instances, it's like, okay, yes, obviously we need to have our moments of silence. We need to 
make sure that we are taking the time also for ourselves to process like what world we live in um in instances of school shootings i mean it's like this country cares more about the people that can own guns than the children that live inside of schools i luckily went to school in new york state where there's like four or five guards before you come in there's four or five guards on each floor right they're making sure there's nothing crazy happening but also that's kind of crazy like now that i think about it but at the same time they were technically like keeping us safe right um i grew up in new york city i went to school on the upper west side like that's a very privileged unique situation to be in that most of america doesn't have most of america is going to school outside sometimes without you know gates and stuff to keep you inside um one maybe two officers total and at the end of the day if someone comes in with a semi-automatic rifle you're not you're not going to be stopped it's just not the case so when things like this happen and i have to carry on with my job which is sharing my life and i'm having a hard time processing and even thinking about today's world and a future world where all of this is available accessible and the reality quite frankly of how we're living in 2022 in the United States of America it's it's hard you can't just post about your makeup routine you can't just go on and post about what shoes you're wearing today it doesn't work like that in my opinion and i usually have to take breaks from social media when this happens because it's just all too much on top that that's just the fact of the matter of the events happening in the moment right additionally when you're in these situations you have to also address it because you quite frankly can't just take a break when something like this has happened and then not say oh well i'll be back you know my condolences here's what i'm doing to support i'm outraged whatever your statement is like you can't just log off and then log back on as if everything's normal a couple days later typically when this happens i make a statement and i also take a break from posting for a day to a day and a half and that's just like what i personally need it's to like get off and to think and reflect and talk to my PR team also because as an influencer with a great reach i think it's really important to also be careful with what i say and how i say it so i just i like to think of things very you know well crafted and um very intentional and they're the kind of team that really helps me make sure that i've included all the you know communities that are affected and i don't say anything insensitive and that's something a lot of celebrities and actors have um that's something now a lot of influencers are having and i think they're realizing that this is a necessary part of their business especially because sometimes people are uneducated and stupid and in those instances obviously we could still love an influencer and it's okay if they say something stupid every once in a while but you definitely don't want it to be 
offensive to any community. You definitely don't want it to be like deemed as wrong online. You want to do everything that you can, again, to uplift and support in whatever way you can. So yeah, that's another key thing that I think is really, really important. Another thing I wanted to talk about is brands and their responses to all of this. And similarly to influencers, celebrities, public figures responding to issues um, as such, I think that brands have a duty to address this with their coworkers. Um, obviously, like as soon as you can, if something happens on a Friday and you're working and your team is made up of women, it's probably best for you to say like, hello, I'm here for you. Please take the rest of the day off. Let me know if you need anything. Um, don't think about work until you're ready. And if you have issues, please come to me and I'll help you. Right. As a leader, I think that's important to do. Same with influencers, like brands will come out with statements and talking about how they're donating, um, you know, supporting these communities, things like that. And I think that is something that would make me want to work with a company. It's something that shows me that a company cares enough about my rights individually and rights of other people who have uterus that they care enough to advocate for us and to hold space for us. And that's really important because that's what strengthens workplace communities. I think right now there's a ton of companies also, there's lists out there that are growing by the day of companies that will cover your travel if you do need to travel out of state to get an abortion and you're employed in that state by that company. And here's my problem with that. I think the right to abortion is a completely private and very intimate, very, very difficult situation for anybody. And I'm just speaking um, not from my own experience, but from seeing friends, seeing people around me experience these things. So I, I talk about this very lightly, but I try to put myself in that position. And if I had to go to my boss and tell them, oh, you know, if I, first of all, before I get into this, if I had a problem with my health, currently I work for myself. So I would be able to do, take off the time I need. However, if I needed an extension on a project I'm working on for a client, I would have to say to the client, hi, Bob, I have been dealing with some health issues. I wonder if I could get an extension on the project. Typically, when you say that, you either give them a time frame or say what kind of time frame would work for you. And they get back to me or my team and say, oh, yes, please get us this by then. We really hope you're feeling okay. Let us know if you need anything from us. In reality, if you were like, I'm dealing with, you know, X, Y, Z, like, a lot of times they would be like, that's wild. But again, it's not really their business to know what's actually happening behind the scenes. Um, so again, when it's brought up in the, the context of workplace, if you have to say to your employer, hi, I, 
actually, I need to go out of state to get an abortion, who do you go to? Do you go to HR of the, the people in HR in the state of the company that's going to pay for you to go out of state? What happens if that person creates some bias towards you? What happens if that person decides that maybe you're not the one up for a promotion next year because of their personal beliefs? Like this is going to get very, very tricky. And I really do appreciate the initiative, but I think the logistics of it are very flawed. And there are a lot of issues with individuals in the workplace going to their bosses, supervisors, and HR teams in these states or even outside of these states because I don't I also don't know how long you need once that happens. Is it is it a couple days? Is it 10 days? Is it two weeks? Is it a month? Like what do you really need in that instance? And will your work cover that? Um, will they, they see it as sick time or paid time off, right? So I think brands are doing a good job, but right now we additionally are going to need emotional support as in therapy. We're going to need a lot of resources on how to deal with this in workplace settings because the last time this happened, I don't think it was covered by uh, companies in the 1960s or 50s. So I don't know. I don't know. It's really, really tricky. Um, And I've been thinking about this a lot just because if I were in corporate and I did need something, a lot of times I personally, okay, well, maybe I'm an anomaly because I'm okay talking about mostly anything with anyone, but to somebody dealing with crippling anxiety who has to get an abortion because perhaps like they know that the, 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 doctor has told them at the checkup that they um won't they'll be you know their anxiety will get worse and that their um the baby's not a viable baby it won't live outside of of the body once it delivers but to be told that you have to deliver that baby all the way through and risk your health will only heighten your anxiety worsen your mental health worsen your performance at work if you had to go and share that with your boss and say, hi, I need to go and I don't know what what else to do right now, I'd have, the, again, the judgments of the boss to have maybe the support of the boss, but then the judgment when you come back, right? I just think it's a very messy situation and it's very complex and I think it's better than no situation at all, than no ability to get it at all. So, um when when is it a boss's duty to reach out to their teammates yes to make sure they're okay yes to is it a company's responsibility now to care about mental health at their company mostly for women and marginalized people yes and that's on them and i think they know it now is the time they know it um as a company you're surrounded by other like-minded people doing the jobs, right? It's your turn to band together. It's your turn to not just go through the day like nothing happened, desensitized to the world with like around you and just be another cog in the machine. It is time to get political. 
And the reason why is because I think the more people do this, the more walkouts people have, the more, I think, protesting that we have. Um, And I'm not talking about protesting on the streets. I saw something that somebody posted on Tori Dunlop. She's a really cool influencer. If you don't know her, she talks a lot about um, financial feminism and uh, the financial markets. She's so incredible. I really do think she said something about like all women like don't spend from July 3rd to 5th and that's when some of the trigger states laws go into place and I think she said that would be the biggest form of protest if we just crashed the market by not spending and I think that that's really cool if we could do that if we could do cyber protests right if we could not post I'm not saying do a another black square on our feet we're not doing that again because obviously that's extremely performative but how collectively as a community of women half of the u.s population how do we band together and really show the world that something's going on and that we're not here for it right so i don't have the answer to that but i know it's extremely important and yeah I feel like today's episode is going to be short. I don't really know if I have anything else to say on the matter, but I do hope that if you're listening, you walk away and you just know that whatever decision you decide to make on social media is your decision. If you decide to post it, not post, address it, not address it, that's fine. Um, I also actually will do one more segment on if you're a consumer during these times. I think when you're a consumer, whether you're looking at a brand, influencer, celebrity, actor, and they're not saying anything, how does that relate to what you want to see online? Do you want to know that people that you're involved in their community with, or maybe like, I haven't seen any NFT, actually I've only seen the women-based NFT project share about it. Surprise, surprise. Um, But if so, like, is it Are you wanting to see daily vlogs from creators when this is happening? Are you wanting to be distracted? Are you wanting to see just your average fashion content or comedy content during this time? Or are you willing to kind of pull back the curtain and say, you know what, I think it's actually really time for me to start seeing content from people that I actually know will speak up. And it's really challenging because you're probably going to be faced with unfollowing people. I had a bunch of like people posting their perspectives that I personally didn't agree with. And as again, as much as I try to understand other people's perspectives, I don't really have tolerance at this point on women's rights issues when it comes to this. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. And I ended up following some people, Um, following some people and unfollowing some people. And I don't know, it's just a very complex situation. And to say I know what to do would be ridiculous. I think it's up to you. I just hope that this give you a little bit of perspective. And also at the same time, it helps you make a decision and take action in a responsible, well-educated research way. My plans for all of you are to utilize Google Scholar. You just type in into Google, Google Scholar, 
and then the world is your oyster from there. Um, and if anybody, again, tries to challenge you once you're formulating your opinions and once you're, if you do post a graphic and you post your sources, or maybe you post something and you put it in your captions, make sure that, you know, it's, it's from a legitimate source, that it's not just a reposted graphic online. Um, always research into it and think about how this is affecting people outside of the white Christian viewpoint, out of the white male gaze, essentially. Um, because that's really who did this. And I'm not saying I hate all men, but <laughs> um, I think, wasn't it Cher that said, I hate all men? I think men are the coolest, but you don't really need them to live. Yeah, I think that was Cher. So anyway, that's all I've got for you party people. Um, I have some really incredible guests lined up, and I can't wait for you to hear the rest of their stories um, in the future. Again, this is all about uplifting and helping you in your digital journey um, online and in self-worth and self-help. And I really do hope that you found value in today's episode. If you did, please share it with a friend. And I love you and I'm proud of you. I'm grateful for all of you and uh, everything you need is within. Make sure that you give us some ratings on Apple or Spotify and follow us on Instagram and tag us um, at it's everything you need is within. Bye guys.